As soon as I tell any girl the story of the time I waited for this toy, she'll go dry as a desert and leave me. Hello and welcome everybody to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 17, Rise of the Amiibo. Um, I am Shane O'Hare and I am the first host of this episode um, let me introduce everybody else. Uh, we have interrupting Derek, who likes I'm, to interrupt. I'm special. Uh, <laughs> I just interrupted other... you again. I'm the uh, metallic uh, variant this uh, week. Yes, Derek is a metallic variant. Um, uh, he's a uh, I can't. I think can't think of anything witty. So moving on then. Uh, <laughs> gloss <laughs> over that. Business as uh, usual then. Uh, we have the um, the. Uh, I'll Josh be the Jackson. crystal variant. You give me the crystal. Yes, the crystal variant, Josh Jackson. Uh, of the uh, very rare um, Geekscape Games Amiibos, the Amiibros. Yes, um, just as rare as the Crystal Disney Infinity figures that I see every day. <laughs> and then we have Juan Carlos uh, in the Pure Love variant. I was going to go with the legless. Uh, legless? <laughs> the legless, the defective Amiibo, because those are worth more. <laughs> the legless Carlos. <laughs> the legless one. Priceless. Um, uh, I want to do a little introduction um, to take a note out of uh, Jonathan's book uh, from the main podcast. Um, if you if this is your first uh, Geekscape Games, uh, we are all about games on the Geekscape Network. Uh, we give our opinions uh, on news, reviews of games we've been playing, and we have a little question of the week for you guys. And we love listener interaction. Um, whereas the main pod, uh, the main podcast, the main show. Uh, pretty much talks about everything. We are all about games, and we know you are too. Uh, so let's get into it real quick. And I want to start the episode off a little solemnly. Um, the if you're any sort of gamer, you've probably heard uh, of the uh, animator Monty Ohm, uh, creator of uh, that amazing Haloed Haloid um, uh, animation, and he's worked on Red versus Blue since season. Seven, I believe. Uh, he passed away uh, this past week, um, and it's kind of, kind of bummed me the fuck out. Uh, he, he was a genuinely nice guy. Made some uh, uh, amazing animations. He worked for a great company, um, and everybody over there at Rooster Teeth was quite, uh, quite upset. So um, yeah, I wonder uh, how all these um next couple episodes of uh red versus blue are going to be without his very unique and amazing touch so wanted to get that out of the way and just say uh yeah Yeah, it's really sad like so young and such a great talent and like well and it was such like a random thing too like it was like an allergic reaction or something like that um during some sort of medical procedure and then it put him in a coma which he didn't come out of basically yeah yeah so he was only 33 yeah. Yeah. It was quite young, quite young. Um, you know, it's just, but, one uh, of those, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's so sudden you don't expect it at all. And when you just think about in such a short time, how much he contributed to the, just the gaming community in general between, you know, where I was introduced to him through the whole dead fantasy series, which is incredible. And, yeah. you know, from red versus blue, uh, carrying it into Ruby, um, the series that he had developed. It's just, I don't know. It's just hard to imagine how one day someone could just be so vibrant and alive and be able to bring so much joy to so many people. And then all of a sudden it's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was 
it was pretty rough. Like I, I read the news that he was in, uh, you know, in a coma, and a couple days later, it was just like, yeah. Uh, I think when I read the news post, I screamed out, "Oh my fucking god! I can't believe he's dead." <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Uh, what was nice though that the fans, um, they put up a GoFundMe page asking for fifty thousand dollars to help his family with bills and whatever, and they raised almost a quarter of a million dollars. Oh wow! So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So the fans of of him are are there. So you can he was very loved by a lot of people. But uh, yeah, let's uh let's cheer up the Geekscape Games podcast a little bit and talk about the newest game from Traveler's Tales. Travel Traveler's Tale. Traveler's Tale. Tales. Single tail or one tail. Tales. Tales. Okay. Tales. Um, they Many released, tales. Um, they released nine tails. They released a teaser trailer for the upcoming Lego Jurassic World game, and I couldn't be more excited for it. I think uh, all the the Lego games are a perfect combination of that funny slapstick humor, um, and that you know any age uh, can can laugh at and understand, and also the accessibility for a younger crowd to be able to pick it up and play. Yeah, I was going to note that like they're super. You can play them even with people that don't play video games, and mm-hmm. both you'll still have a blast. So, um, no, this looks really cool, and I really and it's actually not just like like it's not just Jurassic World; it's actually the full franchise. So you'll play, which they haven't really shown any gameplay or anything yet. Like they've just revealed this teaser trailer, which was cute and funny, but um, it will be like Jurassic Parks one through three, uh, as well as Jurassic World. So there should be a lot of content in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I'm definitely gonna pick it out. I haven't played one of those Lego games. I haven't enjoyed. Should yeah, be um, and if there's one ahead. constant between all the Lego games, it's always that they have so much content to get through. Totally. Uh, yeah. With, yeah. Uh, it, it never, it never replaying stuff to like get bricks. It never felt like a grind. Yeah, it, it just I don't know. I don't know what it is because all of them essentially are pretty similar. But just be just playing through them and finding all the collectibles is always just so addicting. It never feels like a grind. <laughs> yeah. like you said. They just have yeah. so much heart. They're just yeah. very heartfelt and very clever and very funny. And although, is it just me, or did a little? Even though I still love them, is did a little bit of the charm kind of get taken away once they started adding voice acting? Wait, wait, wait when did they start adding voice acting? Lego City. Well, oh, not, really? Not Lego City, but like I think Batman, Batman, the second Batman did, and the Marvel one has voice acting, and I think every game since. Um, bat the second Batman has had voice acting now instead of just like the grunts and stuff. It mm. um, depends. That's, would we be complaining if those games didn't have voice acting? Because I can imagine the other side of the coin where, mm. let's say, the Marvel games came with just grunts and whistles, and we're like, how can you not have voice acting in a game with so many iconic characters? It's a lost opportunity. They really dropped the ball on that. I'm sure it would it would have been like pick your poison, either have the voice acting or not, because either way we're gonna get criticism for doing one. Thing. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, to, to play devil's advocate on that though, the Lego Lord of the Rings had no voice acting, and it was still amazingly compelling. And the Star Wars ones and all of all of the movie tie-in ones, so they they can do it well. But Marvel must have had like prerequisites or like if you're gonna use our shit, you need to put voice actors in it. And it wasn't any sh- like shitty voice acting. I mean, they had legit talent on those games. Yeah. And and, and to, I think Cartoon Network does air a lot of the DC Lego specials. So I'm sure their demographic that they were aiming at were those kids who watched those specials on Cartoon Network. So if you have the voice acting from the movie 
or from the TV specials, it's only going to push the game even more. Because I know that those Batman games, those Lego Batman games have been pushing really hard. They've been selling really well. They're already up to the third one. Yeah, yeah. And there's a movie yeah. uh, the adaptation, too. But I will say, with the Jurassic Park Lego, my most exci- I'm really excited because I could finally play as Lego Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, that's true. You will be able to. I, uh, Chef I, Goldblum? No, Jeff Goldblum. Have, have you... Th- have any of you seen the Tim and Eric billion dollar movie? No. Yes. No. Okay. They just they have they have Jeff Goldblum in the beginning playing a character named Chef Goldblum. <laughs> That's it. I uh I hope that you can uh train raptors in the game. Yeah, I like, uh like Chris Pratt does obviously in Jurassic World. Via yeah, motorcycle. Yeah, you yeah. know, he 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 has them they're they're pretty much Pokemon. There's Pokemon. Which is awesome. <laughs> Fossil fighters. Yes. Fossil fighters. Fossil fighters, there you go. God, the, the the series no one asked the sequel for. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I feel like Fossil Fighters was a little bit of like a guilty pleasure game for me. I, I played the first one for <coughs> way too many hours, and I thought it was really fun, except for like how every time you did anything, you had to like clean the fossil off with the fucking stylus, and it took like four hours. Really, <laughs> I, I never played any of them. They just never like interest me. So I was I also like, I also really, really, I also really dug like. I think it was Game Boy. Was it Game Boy Color or Game Boy Advance even? But like the RoboPon series from like Hudson. Yeah, those ones were rad. There was like Pokemon, but with robots. Uh, that was a wasn't that a TV show too? An anime? No, that was Metabots. Metabots, got it. Yeah, got get it. it right, Shane. Oh, I don't I'm remember, so which was also kind of rad. I don't remember the name of the game, but there was some Pokemon knockoff on the PSP where if you beat your opponent, you got to claim a prize, and one of the prizes you could pick was a like permanently delete or kill like their pokemon really pokemon equivalent whatever it was jesus i don't want to play i don't want to live in that world yeah screw that it's like pogs all over again yeah and you know speaking of pogs and unbelievable amounts of hype and collectivity uh nintendo is apparently releasing metal variants of amiibos specifically the super mario mario is going to come in a silver and gold variant um it, yeah. it looks like somebody from NeoGAF um, found um, Nintendo's uh, submissions to the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act (CPSAA), which pretty much just says like that you these exist. A, well, you, well, yeah, it says these exist. That Nintendo like made an official. It's like it's like when um, a few weeks ago when uh, I uh, I was shown uh, the uh, patent for. Uh, Battletoads by Microsoft. So it's kind of like somebody is making an official push for something. Yeah. Um, but the the CPSIA is pretty much like this toy is confirmed not to have led. This toy is, you know, it, you know, all of our tests. So it exists. And like the actual submissions have pictures of the product. And it's just. Which is crazy. I it's, Yeah. It's just a silver and gold fucking Mario. And it's. Well, yeah. And well, who knows? I, who knows at what capacity or if they will ever even be released because I mean there's a lot of patents filed and I'm sure there's a lot of these certificates that never turn into actual retail products but it means that somewhere somehow someone at Nintendo is like let's let's talk about variants and what if it's you know what if they're event variants like you know some people were talking about like oh maybe these will be the gold or platinum rewards for Club Nintendo, which I doubt because Nintendo already stated that those rewards would be digital. But maybe there's, you know, what if these are, what if one of them's a Comic Con exclusive Mario amiibo? Oh, and God, please, no. That'll literally, <laughs> I, I'm literally, I, oh, sorry guys, I gotta skip Comic Con. Uh, I can't do anything. I gotta go wait in line for five days. Uh, <laughs> 
and then I'll be like, do you guys want one? Like, because obviously we all collect, and you guys will all be like, yeah, totally. Like, do it. Wait in line, and then there'll be like one per customer, and I'll be like, sorry guys. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe they won't even release them. But it's well, it's really interesting because it's you know the packaging is pretty much the same as the Super Mario Brothers edition packaging, but of course in the top right corner, the silver one says silver edition, and the gold one says gold edition. So there is something significant or popular, or no, not popular. Uh, important about these figures so who knows you know nobody knows the thing until the official announcement from nintendo but jesus yeah it's 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 like just these all you know if these are actually these limited edition create like crazy limited edition things you know it's going to make that marth villager and we fit trainer that you've been looking for like seem common in comparison god so it's all those abilities you know how you tap the amiibo on the gamepad to unlock a special for games we're waiting out there at Comic Con for three days for this gold and silver Mario amiibo. He was like, "Hey, does that give you any special ability in the game?" Yeah, it does. It unlocks a sex shield. I'll never have it. <laughs> I'll never have it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that would that would be pretty much uh, spot on. So as soon as I tell any girl the story of the time I waited for this toy, she'll go dry as a desert and leave me. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about like collecting stuff with uh with other teachers, and you know, people were saying I collect books, or they're saying I collect the Harry Potter wands and, <laughs> and whatnot. And so you can collect. I have the amiibos and you know, my comic books and games, but I think the point where you go too far, if you have, and I apologize to anybody listening to the show, but when the minute you buy a sword. Like that's it. No Do, uh, does a Halo, does a replica Halo Two plasma sword count? Because I'm pretty sure I Shane a, bought one of those. I have a replica of the of the Master Sword <laughs> in okay. my house. I'm Shane's got the plasma sword. Oh fuck you yeah. guys! So what about, I, you go ahead? Or what about a replica of the WWE Divas title? <laughs> that's a nice ninjato right there. <laughs> I think that's I think that's okay. I'll be lying. I think a lot of us, if we had extra money to splurge where it wouldn't affect our ability to pay the rent or, or utilities, we'd all have a championship belt. Let's face it. Let's be honest. We would. Yeah. And, and we I, think I'd get, I think I'd get nunchucks before I'd get a sword. <laughs> but the thing I is, always Jesus. wanted nunchucks. But the, the thing is, if you have a sword mounted on the wall, it's like when people come over, you know, people talk about, oh, where'd you catch that fish? Oh, look at that picture. Look, you went, <laughs> uh, honey, how about that sword? Uh Yes. I use that to kill my sex life. <laughs> or you, well, you could use it, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, you and your roommate get into an argument and uh, he bursts into your room, you can oh, use no. it for self defense. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm killer, sorry. Killer roommate. too soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to say, in case nobody knows, uh, a um, one of the Red Rangers from Power Ranger Samurai, ironically enough, uh, got into an altercation with his roommate. <laughs> right. And, I, didn't I was surprised that it didn't seem like a lot of outlets were picking that up. Yeah, yeah no. specifically totally. the samurai, the Power Ranger samurai, Red Ranger <laughs> yeah. stabbed someone with a sword. Too yeah. Go, go, prove um, insanity. Well, they, <laughs> I did read and they confirmed yesterday, I think, that um, at this time, because he was obviously arrested for, like, murder, um, at this time, no, he's he's been released and no charges have been pressed because they've determined that, you know, they need to further investigate this because, the, you know, the circumstances were, you know... What if it was self defense or the, you know? The, he he called in the nine one one call. Yeah, he called he he called as soon as it happened. So you know, I think it was, and then you know, I was it. I they were talking about it. They were actually talking about it on like Howard Stern like yesterday morning or something, and it was something about like him and his roommate were arguing or something like that, and then uh, the Power Ranger and his girlfriend, you know, 
retreated not retreated but retired to the bedroom and the roommate like tried to burst in or do something in any case and then something happened and he ended up yeah. stabbed so dude i wonder i wonder if he like called in and says no like you know i reported it I'm like no she he was secretly working for Rita repulsa <laughs> <laughs> I, I took matters he was, in my own hand he was a putty all along <laughs> Uh, totally video game related. Uh, hey, there's Power, Power Rangers, Rangers video games. games. Well, no, I was gonna say maybe, maybe there'll be a Power Rangers skin for Hatred when it comes out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you always got to bring that game into the conversation. <laughs> this I'm, episode sponsored by Hatred. Wait, that's yeah. every episode. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Derek, you mentioned um, you briefly mentioned Club Nintendo rewards uh, today. They announced um, all the final like releases, and I don't have my fucking list in front of me. It was actually a couple days ago. There's like a hundred something games to download. Um, You know, like for you know, right on the Wii shop, the 3DS eShop, and even you know, tons of tons of 3DS stuff. Um, Some of the cool physical rewards they've got. Like, there's a really cool for 800 coins. Uh, a Majora's Mask 3D messenger bag that looks really cool. There's mm. also like a... You can di- keep your Amiibos in there. Uh, probably not very many of them. Well, <laughs> I guess depends on whether or not they're in the boxes. Um, the Platinum Award posters that they gave out in 2013, you can now get those. There's a really cool uh, retro Mario t-shirt that looks really nice. Uh, you can also pick up Grill Off with Ultra Hand. You know, that's a good one. Oh, thank God. Uh, uh, there's like what a the jigsaw puzzle. Is, what, it's what is, just always on there. You can grill off with Ultra Hand. You never played it? Uh-uh. It was like the game of the year candidate the year it came out. <laughs> uh, there's a cool 2016 desktop calendar. I know there's just there's some there's some pretty sweet stuff. And then, yeah, absolutely gigantic list of games that you can download. And uh, yeah. so it's pretty cool. I really – that messenger bag is pretty rad. I'm pretty – I'm a little bit bummed that I – Probably four, three or four days before they announced that they were shutting Club Nintendo down, I'm like, oh, this uh, Net NES Remix 2 t-shirt's pretty cool, and I fucking ordered that. Um, <laughs> like, within, yeah, and then three days later, they're like, oh, we're canceling Club Nintendo, and there's cool rewards coming up soon. So, uh, yeah, I spent 700 coins. It's a cool shirt, but I, I feel like this Mario t-shirt that's on there right now is way cooler. Oh, wow. Doc Lewis's Punch-Out!! That was that's in there. That's cool. Is it really? Oh, is it yeah, really? Two two hundred and fifty. No oh, way. Shit. Yeah, it's up there. Oh, what, I see what, it. Yeah. What console is it on? Wii U. It's a Wii. Uh, Wii. I thought they shut the all the Wii services down. But their eShop oh. is still the shop's still open. Yeah, the, shop is, the shop's yeah. open. You just can't play online. Oh. Super okay. Smash Brothers the original is two hundred and fifty coins. Um, hmm, that's, interesting. A, that's rad. I wonder how many coins I have left. I just gave, I actually gave a buddy my Bayonetta 2 code because he was like 40 coins away from the, uh, he was like 40 coins away from the, um, messenger bag and he really wanted it. So, uh, hey, 200, I, oh, it's not loading. I almost have enough for two of the physical prizes, yeah. but I'm not sure which yeah. ones I want. Mm, I, I still have yet to like redeem all my Wii U stuff. So I got to get on that. Yeah, me too. I probably I don't know if I want the mess. Well, I definitely have to get platinum status. I think I'm a, a couple. I have a couple of things I have to register, but I definitely want to be platinum status before June. I think we have until June to do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Uh. I don't know what I want, but I do know that I want the newest humble bundle. Uh. The newest humble bundle is the Star Wars humble bundle, and it Hell is yeah packed full of so much good shit. Um. We got 
uh, Knights of the Old Republic, Jedi Knight Academy, Dark Forces. Uh, if you pay more than 12 bucks, you get Star Wars Empire at War, which I think is a crazily underrated game. Uh, it was so much fun. Um, you get both Forced Unleashed. Is that the RTS? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty good. That was fun. Uh, if you p- beat the average, you get Battlefront 2, uh, which is still heavily played. Like, people play it a lot uh, once they moved over to uh, Steamworks. Um, you get KOTOR 2, uh, and then a one of the best Star Wars games ever was Republic Commando. Um so get on that. Um, yeah, for all of that for like $12 or whatever you decide to pay, but at least $12, that's pretty, you know, just KOTOR and KOTOR 2 alone, like that's like a couple hundred hours of gameplay. And yeah. they did, and there is a link that says more games coming soon as well. So if you pay more than the average now, you're automatically going to unlock uh, everything that, everything additional that comes. So yeah. What's uh, uh what's your guys' favorite Star Wars game of all time? Oh God, that's tough. Um, Either Rogue, Rogue Squadron 2. On GameCube, or mm, yeah, or Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. I'm gonna go Shadows of the Empire for Nintendo 64. You know what? My, my gut reaction was that too. Yeah, Shadows was really good. I think that I, I didn't play that much of uh, Rogue Squadron two, but I picked up Rogue Squadron three, and it was absolutely no. Sorry, was which one was the game first GameCube one? That was two. Rogue Squadron two. Oh, sorry, Rogue Squadron two. Yeah, totally. Uh, amazing and it was like so you know obviously the graphics at that time were just absolutely incredible and um yeah that game was that game was so much fun yeah i feel like the graphics even now stand up pretty well yeah they yeah it still looks pretty good yeah Knights of the old republic i actually still haven't finished that one but the first time i played that was actually when it came out for ipad and that game feels great on the ipad it's so it feels so good on a tablet yeah um, a lot of fun i i I just wish that uh uh (laughs) <laughs> what is that one? My dog won't leave me alone. He's bringing this little chew toy. <laughs> like he's scratching because he knows I'm not paying attention to him. So he's like, "Come on, come on, fucker!" Let's what's play. what's that like, dog's name again? Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> Jedi. That's awesome. You should get another one and name him Amiibo. <laughs> uh, we do. We got two dogs. This was Jedi. And then my wife got a little runt of a dog. It's super cute, like tiny as hell, and she called it Mochi. Mochi, <laughs> that's yeah. adorable. Yeah, but this 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 dude's a real jealous motherfucker. So he <laughs> he's only three months old. So that he's very active. So oh, yeah. I apologize uh, for all the noise. Oh uh, no, it's fine. Uh, it's uh, nothing. I can't edit out later. Uh, <laughs> I the one thing I really want from Humble Bundle, humble humble bundle is a console um uh, like involvement because it's all Steam, but some of these games like. The Forced Unleashed games, that's a controller. That's a controller game. Totally, yeah. Yeah, um, but I'm going to be picking this up. It's too good not to have. I'm going to pick it up and absolutely ignore the Forced Unleashed 2. You oh, God, that game is terrible. Are you so guys... bad. What? It's like two hours long. Uh, the the first Forced probably... Unleashed, the first one's really good. It was it was two hours long, and that was probably the best thing about it. <laughs> see, is that I, I just see, over so fast? I have to, I have to disagree. I l- fucking loved both of those games. They were so good. I don't know. The second one just felt so unnecessary, and the story was like was tacked on. It didn't even really make any sense. I just had fun playing it. I mean, yeah, the story was was shit, but um, playing those games are a blast. Um, and I I played them on the hardest difficulty, so I guess that was kind of like some artificial lengthening because uh, I was dying a lot and I had a lot of the fight with Vader at the end was really fucking hard on the hardest difficulty, but I, I loved him. 
I was talking about part, part one or of... two. Hmm? Were you talking about part one or two for the Vader fight and stuff? Uh, the one in the clone bay. Oh, okay, yeah, where he's just throwing pods at you. Yeah, that was hard. Were we going to say one? I would say my favorite part of that second game was, I, although I didn't like it as much as the first, was the beginning where Vader just fucking stalks through Kashyyyk and slaying Wookiees. Yeah. Badass. That was fucking awesome. You get a sense of how powerful this motherfucker is. Yeah. Yeah. And was was this, the second one was the one where there was that big free fall sequence, right? Yeah. Yes. I think you're thinking of the first one. Mm. Where the Wookiee part. The what? Was it the, in the first one? Yeah, the Wookiee part, I think, was the first one, because I don't think you play as Vader in the second. Oh, you're right. Hmm. Oh, my God, you're right. So I guess you don't like the second one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really don't like it. See, the main reason I don't like the second one is that, you know, the dialogue just felt too much like a Diablo Cody film, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for those uh, that don't know, that was a reference to uh, the special uh bonus stage of geekscape games which we just pu- published yesterday um and we're talking all about uh the first episode of life is strange which i'm sure we'll talk about more uh shortly but uh i just realized i made a reference that no one would understand unless they listen to that so i just had to explain it good wow segue. good segue yeah wow uh <laughs> yeah so yeah pick those games up uh the charities are unicef and then a specific star wars charity called force of change so those always help um Help a lot of people. Um, Let's get into some video game gossip and drama. What do you guys say? Sounds good to me. Yeah. So in the never-ending saga that is Phil Fish, the creator of Fez, um, there is a three-part interview um, uh, on Tech Raptor um, from a ex-game dev named Alistair Pinsoft. (laughs) (laughs) See? See, Jedi hates him, too. He's like, oh, Phil Fish. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna mute my mic. Okay, okay. Um, basically, um, uh, it's just him kind of coming clean about a lot of the corruption that was rumored in the whole air quote Gamergate situation. He was part of the um, no, no, no. Alistair Pinsoff is the next dev. He's an ex reporter. Sorry, he talked. He's talking about an ex dev. Um, anyway, um, he was part. He was on that list of game journalists that were colluding with like. Uh, friends um the uh that were in the the uh gaming world they talked about the massive corruption that's in the the igf awards and and a bunch of a bunch of stuff but um the very interesting thing that came up let me let me find the quote i had the quote um bear with me guys um oh this is terrible this is terrible i had the that's nothing we can um derek uh, wax poetic. What what, is, what are your thoughts about? Um, basically, what it is is that uh, Phil Fish is accused of stealing code for his game Fez, um, and there was uh, a lot of collusion in the IGF to get him um, uh, awards. What do you th- What do you think? I, I hate Phil Fish because he's a fucking dick. But uh, what do you guys think about the accusation that um, he stole code? Um, it's not surprising. I mean, a lot of the rumors and news that came out during the whole Gamergate thing, I mean, kind of pointed in that direction, at least to the people who paid attention to the entire story and not just what it was manipulated into later on into it. But it just continues. It's it's not surprising. And it's sad to say that because it continues a trend that for as long as I've been, I guess, formally working in game journalism, that just keeps popping up. And it's like, 
a lot of the mainstream game industry, not necessarily, not the mainstream game industry, but I guess more of the mainstream press. And it seems like a lot of indie devs, it's like this huge, I guess like a click. And if you're not a part of that click, you kind of get ostracized. And I mean, even years before any of this stuff happened, I remember the first time I went to E3 and it's like, it's such like for as much of the stereotype that gets passed around that gamers are like nerds and stuff. The whole thing just seemed like this giant like frat club. And if you didn't, if you don't think the same way as these people, then you're not as good as these people. And I remember seeing multiple examples of that at the first couple E3s that I went to, where if you supported a certain game or didn't go crazy over this game, or you didn't share this opinion that you were just kind of like, like you didn't matter. Like everyone had to have this hive mind opinion. And if you went against that, then you weren't part of their group. And and unfortunately, they control so much of it. And that's what, um, in the the article, um, parts one and two are out. Part three should be coming out either tomorrow or later this week from Tech Raptor. But the one thing they talk about that that I think is just really shitty, and it's kind of upsetting that people are like, it's just video game journalism. Why should you care? It's it's something important to us, and it's it's shitty that that the, the corruption that was going on happened. But, um... The, this this guy um, uh, Pinsoff was a journalist that was part of this listserv of journalists that would get together and say, "Hey, we should make this. We should give favorable reviews to this game um, so that they can, you know, get awards or you know more ideation. Um, ideation is that a word? Uh, um, and they also would collude to give games poor reviews because um, some studios would give bonuses." to um devs if the game that they made hits like an 85 on the metacritic score right so um one of the the emails that came out was hey this guy you know pissed me off at pax or whatever so let's make sure he doesn't get his bonus and let's give the game shitty reviews yeah so, see and that's fucking ridiculous yeah there was a, there was a lot of the, uh, that shit that was going on and and you say I, i'm not gonna get into too much detail but you said it's like it's this click when the whole gamergate thing started um, with the individual that shall not be named because there's no point in, in giving this person any more press. But it turned into a big like, oh, if you are talking about Gamergate, uh, you're a misogynist, chauvinist, you hate women, uh, and you're probably a racist is what a lot of the, the conversation boiled down to. Um, yeah. And Ex- Oh, go ahead. And I was going to say exactly which makes it frustrating because um, the – whole reason why that whole situation came to be was a very valid concern but back to the whole concept of this click the media is the one who controls the conversation and they got they cherry-picked the douchebags posted you know put their words out for everyone to see and generalize the whole opposition as that that this is what these people are up until the point where you have people going on the colbert report saying crap that's not even the case yeah, but, but a most a mostly ignorant public who already has a low opinion of games to begin with kind of just goes along with it, and it's kind of ironic because for as much as people our age seem to be pushing towards making video games a le- quote unquote legitimate medium and seen as uh, an art form equivalent to movies and games or movies and TV, and the, the industry kind of the their, industry is bigger than than both of those, right? But yet they threw the whole industry under the bus just to save face. Yeah, just because their little click was getting people were knocking at their door and calling them out on their crap. Yeah, and then like like um, you get you get classified, and and I'm going to use an example that happened to me that I I don't think I've really talked about, but I of course was I'm like oh the situation is fucked up. Here's X Y Z. Um, 
I was instantly by a lot of people instantly called a chauvinistic woman hating racist, you know, um, why should you care about this? This is just video game journalism. What's the point? Uh, and that was upsetting. Um, and then once more, the, the information came out about all these other corrupt journalists and like this collusion uh, listserv, um, I, I shifted the narrative from talking about that individual that was a catalyst of it to the new topic that, that I think a lot of people are, are glossing over the fact that, yeah, there was kind of like a hate train on this, the person who started everything. But it uncovered this huge thing that became a much bigger story. So I got I got called all these things. Well, a a mutual friend of um, of me and Jonathan uh, reached out to Jonathan and and wanted to basically said, "Oh, are you um, are you as you know? I think I'm paraphrasing, but like as fucking far up your head uh, your head up your ass like Shane about this. Uh, you know, are you a woman hater? Are you a racist too?" Because I was talking about it on Geekscape, and it was like, like b- because th- this person was on the other camp and did did not appreciate the fact that I had a contradicting um, uh, opinion, and I thought that was like, wow, that was that was a pretty shitty thing to do. Um, and then they they put something out that was completely like picked apart by um, the fan base and torn apart, and their all their uh, assertions were pretty much proven to be wrong. So I think they were, they had egg on their face and felt embarrassed that pretty much everything that I was saying kept coming true. And when they tried to, you know, shift the narrative and like, Oh, you're a woman hating, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was, you know, I was automatically kicked out of the, the click in the group. So, um, but I think we're, we're digressing too much because um, I found the quote and this is what um, uh, Pinsoff said uh when he was talking to a a uh, developer named Sean McGrath that worked with Phil Fish, and he said, um, one of the more interesting things I heard was a notable indie developer tell me that Phil Fish significantly stole code, uh, significantly stole from their code projects and ideas to create Fez. When I questioned why they won't sue, they said they were in fear of being ostracized by the IGF media and the indie dev scene. Um, and they also... Let me find the next one real quick. They they also said that they were working on a music game with Phil Fish that fell apart, and he took um, took their their codes and their assets and everything, and um, uh, took it and made Fez. So there was there was a lot of stuff. Um, another quote that this uh, Sean McGrath said: um, uh, McGrath created the central mechanic, the design and the code, which was listed from an earlier project he made with Fish that was a music game. Fish admitted to this as far back in two thousand seven. But he would say the whole game is made around the 3D pixel aesthetic or it's all designed around my Miyazaki influence. This was dishonest because it was really designed around McGrath's game mechanic. And then there's obviously proof and everything. So that's um, that's that's really interesting because Phil Fish is kind of a prick. And we've talked about him before about how he he's he's pretty racist himself and says that all like indie Japanese Japanese video game developers can only make one type of game and they're they're shitty. Um, but then he opted on the Gamergate, you know, hate train. So yeah. I, I think it's, it's, I think it's just like par for the course for him and his behavior. Yeah. No, and not to digress again too much, but it's just ironic how a lot of the people who are on that site are also the first to sh- shout up, like just spew the most vitriol at people who don't agree with them. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely, um, it's absolutely disappointing and absurd that, yeah, I mean, like you could talk about some <laughs> people like that, that individual that was on the Colbert report, you know, there was all these 
things that that person did with their Kickstarter to make this this video series that absolutely turned out to be a, a, a sham. And you know, if you're, ah, I don't I don't want to get get too far into it because then we're gonna get political because this is a neutral podcast. It sure sounds like it based on what you've been saying the last um, ten minutes. Unless <laughs> unless we're talking about Ubisoft, um, because. Because we're pretty, we're pretty clear on that. We're pretty clear on that. Um, um, that's we're we're getting to our uh, transition point. Is there anything else <laughs> on the news you guys want to talk about? Um, just want to apologize for everyone who didn't get a Rosalina. <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, you never will. Yeah, apparently, um, there's a leaked memo from Target that says Rosalina is not going to get restocked, which begs the question: Why is that not happening? Because obviously, they're selling. I don't. I mean, we had this conversation in the pre-show that that why why don't they make the toys and sell them because they're they're selling and people want them. But Josh, you brought up a good point that if there wasn't this like air of rareness, that um we wouldn't be buying them in such mass quantities. Yeah, I know I wouldn't own as many as I do now if it wasn't for the fear of them disappearing forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm I know that we've all at different points have alluded to a similar conclusion. So. I remember, remember like the week before they launched and I was like, I'm not going to buy any. <laughs> and then now I have like all but two. Yeah. Fast forward to now where we're arranging to mail them to each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I bought Link just because like I was buying some for you. I'm like, ah, fuck, I'll get a Link. And now I have a Marth and now I have a list of wants that I have a pull. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, why don't we not get- Not even once. Not even once. Um, why don't we get into what we've been playing, ladies and gentlemen? Um, I'm going to start real quick. I, uh, while waiting for Life is Strange to download, I thought, hmm, five patches in two months. Let's, let's see what Assassin's Creed Unity has been doing. Put it in, played it for about 20 minutes, ejected it. Game is still garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Game is still shit. (laughs) Fuck you, Ubisoft. Uh, but yeah, uh, one game that we've all played that, uh, Derek mentioned that we had this special episode about was the first episode of Life is Strange. Now, if you guys don't want to get inundated with spoilers, um, let's give you a spoiler-free review right now. Um, it's a game very much in the vein of The Walking Dead, where it's a third-person adventure game, and it's based around conversations and building relationships. And this one has a pretty interesting <coughs> time-rewind mechanic that I I really enjoyed. And it's there's a lot of mystery going on that is very compelling to... Um, that I, I want to play more and figure out what the fuck's going on. Um, I, but I would love to hear your spoiler-free input, guys. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I thought uh, I, there there wasn't really anything that I didn't like about it. Like, I mean, I had a couple, a couple technical issues, like lip-syncing and stuff was bad. Um, but, like, I love the art style. Uh, voice acting was really stellar, especially for, like, this is, remember, this is not a AAA, like, you know, $69.99 in Canada game. This is a $20 uh, download on the PlayStation Store or on the Xbox Store or whatever you're playing it on. But um, production values were really high. I really dug the episode, oh, you know. Hold on, keep going. The episode, you know, ran 20 or sorry, two to three hours for me. And it felt largely like setup, which I was totally into based on the fact that, yeah, there's going to be four more episodes. Like you really got inundated with these characters. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, learning about them and, and it just feels like a really kind of interesting kind of coming of age tale. Um, you know, this girl's kind of figuring out 
who she's going to be and what she's going to do, but she can also kind of control time and really figure out how she wants to proceed. And, and you know, because who hasn't wished, you know, who, who hasn't made a decision and, you know, you're weighing both decisions and you make the decision and who hasn't thought like, oh, I should have chosen the other option or um, I wonder what would have happened had I done this instead of doing this. And this girl has the power to go back and change it if she wants to. And that's really, really cool. So I can't wait to play more. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I loved it. We And we all gave it. We all came to the game. Okay, all came to the same conclusion that it's it's a buy. Um, and I, I think it was really interesting. I was describing the episode to a friend and I said we're all like very different gamers like I'm definitely the shooter uh, one of the group Derek's horror Juan's the fighting expert and I think Josh is the JRPG expert but we all found something that we really liked in this game and it yeah I felt weird playing as a an adolescent teenage girl uh, <laughs> at school living a Diablo Cody-esque life but it it was still really fun. You keep saying Diablo Cody. I don't even. I didn't even feel like it was that. I like like aside from yeah the quirky kind of hipster dialogue, um, which again, which in the other episode, you know, like I said that I hear all the time from people these ages. Like I didn't feel like it was that Diablo Cody ish, and and I feel like Diablo Cody her stuff is also pretty vastly different. Aside from you know, there's Juno of course, which is really good, and then the rest of her stuff is kind of just blah. But it's also very different from Juno. Mm. I don't know. That's off topic. That's off topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Josh, what's your spoiler-free review? Um, it pulled me in almost immediately. For me, it took a little bit of time to get going, but once it did, it just never let go. As far as wondering, opening up those mysteries, wondering what these choices are going to do to future episodes and how it's going to affect the story, which made it that much harder to realize that I have to wait six more weeks for the next episode. Mm. Yeah, which of course is a testament to how much I was enjoying it because I want to see what's going to happen. I really don't want to have to wait like half a year for this whole story to be complete, but it'll be worth it based off of what we've played so far. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thoughts, one. Uh, I still want that classroom with the eight kids. <laughs> yeah, I walked into work today and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> thirty-eight. I got thirty more. I should have taught photography. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I really think uh, everybody should give it a try, at least the first episode. Um, and when you're done, listen to our deconstruction, because I feel like we all had pretty different opinions on a lot of the different things, but we all came to the same conclusion. So that, that's that's pretty pretty telling of like the good product that Square and everyone put out. Um, right. Yeah, and besides the like 15 minutes in Assassin's Creed and uh, Life is Strange, that's all I've been playing. Um, Let's uh let's go through uh Josh what uh what have you been playing this past week? Um I, I know, was playing I know quite you're a bit. still you're still doing the finish your backlog thing. Yeah, like I'm trying to do a different um uh, theme for every month. So for February I'm trying to do retro and retro inspired games. So the first one that I've just finished while we were setting up was the uh mysterious Murasame Castle, <coughs> which is that uh which was that Japanese only NES game that's designed pretty much like Zelda 1, but uh, but was just more of an act with an action approach and it's crushingly difficult and there is no way I could have finished it without the 3DS's restore point. So I just cheesed my way through it. But um, aside from that, uh, real quick, cause I played a lot, um, finally finished the end of Inazuma 11, which where the last boss was kind of hell, but um, after some level grinding and 
some more strategic play. I was able to get through that. Um, Infamous First Light, I started that up off of PlayStation Plus and finished it within about four hours, but it was it was a blast to be able to go through Seattle again, and especially because Fetch's powers were the most entertaining ones by a long shot in the core game, being able to play as her and flesh her story out was a lot of fun. Like, like the only issue that I really had with it, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but they retconned a lot of stuff. And to me, it's one thing to retcon something that was out years ago, but considering that <coughs> the first infamous or infamous second son just came out in March and then this came out in August, it was uh, pretty early to start rearranging your story. Yeah, that's, then, that's interesting. But yeah, and then just lastly, I played a lot of the Codename Steam demo, which was a lot more interesting. Well, I was already excited for it, but now that I played it, I'm a lot more excited because I typically love games like Inazuma 11, like I was just talking about, that blend um, blend genres and create something unique. So this one felt like it's combining a third-person shooter with a grid-based strategy RPG. So once that comes out, I'm really looking forward to delving more delving deeper into it and does, does really the demo, getting into what it has. Does the demo have Amiibo support? No, because the Amiibo support is only only works on the new 3DS. That's right, so, that's right. So as far as I know, it's not going to have it when the th- new 3DS comes out. And even if it does, we can't test it now, unfortunately. Mm, mm, and yeah. Then, and then lastly, I played like five minutes of Criminal Girls, which is a that's, RPG for the Vita. Ugh. There's all these cute like JRPG games on the fucking Vita. Yeah, that's pretty much all it. That's all it is now. Sony completely abandoned it. So Can, all that's it, left are like for the niche developers to just come out with their uh, come out with the RPGs that the people who own the Vita are going to eat up. Now, can can the PlayStation TV play Vita games? Yes, but to my knowledge, only certain ones. Like the support has to be added into the game or patched in <sighs> if it's an older release. Damn, as far as I know. But me and Derek were talking about it, and, and I might be wrong. So I'm like, I, yeah, I, th- I thought it was just if it had you know like if it had things like. It required the touchscreen in any way, basically, unless it was patched. If it required the touchscreen, it wouldn't work because obviously you can't use the touchscreen. But things like, you know, older stuff in RPGs and stuff typically, I think, have worked fine. I, I don't know for certain, though. I haven't been interested in the Vita in like, actually, I just sold my my Vita. Damn it. Uh, I was just going to say like, I would. It was so, it you... was so funny because I, you know, I've been trying to like pare down on stuff I haven't been using. So I was like, it's time to get rid of the Vita that's literally covered in six, in- six inches of dust. Um, and uh, so I'm trying to like sell it on like Craigslist and on Facebook and stuff here locally for like literally like the, the, the console and like the Final Fantasy HD remaster for $100 um, Canadian as well, of course, and not a single bite. And so finally, I almost traded it into like EB Games because they were like, with my like platinum membership, it would have got me about $100 in credit. And before doing that, I was like, you know what, why don't I try throwing it up on like eBay? Sold for like $200 US. Really? Yeah, which is like as much as they cost. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I might, I might get one just, just for the fact that I can do remote play for Destiny, so that I can just play while I'm taking a shit. Too much. You can't. Too much information. You can't take, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, I was, I, the, the only thing I was uh, thinking about was the only time I tried remote play didn't work that well. Yeah, remote play is remote play is like. I I tried to use it a bunch, and I even tried to, you know, everyone's like, oh, you can get it working outside the house and everything, too. I could barely get it working in the house. Mm. Like, it would work fine for, like, 10, 15 minutes and then just lag, lag the hell out. And that's not even, like, over Wi-Fi. That's, like, direct connect to the console as well. Interesting. Interesting. 
Um, Juan, what have you been playing this last week besides Life is Strange? Uh, I started playing a game called Chariot. Uh-huh. It's uh, like a puzzle, platform, a puzzle platformer. Um, <clears throat> that Sorry, my voice is going. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> too much podcasting. <clears throat> yeah. Too much. Or too much. Too much yelling God. at your big student body. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a really fun little game. I heard uh, another podcast talk about it. That it was like the perfect perfect couch co-op game. It's something that I haven't had a lot of uh, luck finding in terms of games that I could just sit down and play locally with a friend and really get into it. Mm-hmm. So me and my wife started playing Chariot. Holy crap. It's really, really good. Really addicting. It's like 15 bucks on the eShop right now. But I think it's available for Xbox Live, uh, PSN, and Steam. Uh, what it is, it's, and it's, on the, played... it's on the Wii U, too. It's on the Wii U, yeah, too. Yeah, it's on Wii U. So what it is, it's like you're a girl who, and you're your fiance, and you have to work together to take the remains of your father, the king, on this little wagon. And he's not happy with the burial place you selected. So he demands that you gather all the gold that you can to build him a proper sepulcher. <laughs> so every time you take him, he's bitches like, you call this a proper resting place for a man of my status? I thought you loved me. You know, it's... So you have to go through the caverns it's, and uh, you have like these little goblins who try to like steal and all the loot that you get. And you can upgrade the wagon with little uh, like hooks and extra long rope. And the mechanics of the game is are really well done. A lot of puzzle elements to it. And there's some sections that you can't unlock or can't reach unless you're playing with another player. Cool. And you can drop in and come in uh, at any point of the game. So I really like it. And it's one of those games that I wish it had online multiplayer because uh, I could see myself and a buddy getting lost in it for hours at, on end. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it looks it looks really cool. I, I couch co-op games are, are a blast, and I, actually, that's why I got Diablo three on the PS four is because it had local co-op. Yeah, the local co-ops on uh, is awesome on that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only that, but if you were a part of the Xbox One Master Race, you could have got Chariot for free last month. I think. Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> what did you buy it on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was the X, one of the Xbox One games of gold last month. Yeah, uh, and, and I also have an Xbox. Gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, well then, um, let's get into mission objective that we put off for like four fucking weeks. Um, w- we asked you guys what is the worst game you've ever played, and let's go through them quick. Hey uh, Shane. Hey Derek. Remember that time you skipped me? Skipped you what? What do you no, mean? Mission objective. No, what do you? What's you been playing? What have I been playing? Oh, man? What, have been, <laughs> what have you what been the playing? The heck, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just the same stuff. Just the same stuff. Life is strange. I loved Life is Strange. Uh, I'll say it again. Uh, there will be a written review up soon. Um, I still, I you know, I'm I'm playing through Majora's Mask 3D still as well, which uh, it's you know embargo lifted today. I'm still playing through it because I haven't had a ton of time, but it's. It's freaking wonderful, and I feel like it's so different from like everything. Like it's still how how old? When did when did Majora's Mask come out? Two thousand or something? Ninety nine, two thousand. Ninety nine, two thousand. So this is a fifteen year old game, and it's a and it's a you know just an kind of a HD remaster of sorts. But it feels so fresh. Like 
Like if I, you know, I, I haven't played it before. And so like you could be like, oh, this is brand new Zelda game that's just coming out for the first time. And I'd be like, this is brand new and really fresh, but it's like 15 years old and it's <laughs> ridiculous. So much fun. Um, That's, you know, obviously I don't need to recommend that one because it's a Zelda game. So everyone knows it's amazing. But and uh besides that, I can't I still can't put down Dying Light. I uh published a written review up last late last week. And since then, I've probably clocked like five or ten more hours into the game like which is crazy for me because i feel like generally per week i only really have two to three hours to really like play and this one it's like every time i have 15 minutes i'm like oh i can uh, i can play dying light for 15 minutes and then like i'll do like one mission or a chunk of a mission or whatever and um which is crazy because it's a game that doesn't really do anything original um which i mentioned in my review like it's you know you have a, a lot of kind of just refined aspects of Dead Island in there, and then like yeah, you you have parkour similar to like a uh, like a Mirror's Edge style game, and you know the open world uh, kind of Far Cry uh, like map with the mission objectives and and all sorts of side missions and stuff. Like it doesn't do anything different or original, but I it, it just it does feels them all really very fresh. well. It does them all, it really, does them all well. really well, and it Together. just feels super fresh and and. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm probably gonna play it when we're done here. Like, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up when I get paid, and in the co-op too. So, yeah, the co-op's really cool. Yeah. I, I, and the, there's like a really cool like be the zombie mode, which is it it sucks if it's one versus one, but if you because it, the the zombie wins basically every time. But if you're actually playing with like a group of people, it's really cool. Hmm. Yeah, I um I heard I heard um how um. Uh, how it works, and I and I wish it would have the zombie mode. I wish it would have been like, because it 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 informs you that like um that someone's joining your game, and I I wish it wouldn't have done that, and it would have just like s- suddenly there's a really fucking badass zombie in mm-hmm. eating your shit, um mm-hmm. eating your shit, oh, that's weird, upping your shit. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, mission objectives. Are you done, Derek? I'm done. Okay. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me talk. Eventually. Talk about what? <laughs> Uh, Mission Objectives, what is the worst game you've ever played? Um, and we have a fucking lot of them, so let's get into it. Um, Jeremy S. said, uh, I'm pretty sure that every version of Bubsy is pure hell. Um, Nathan, I don't remember show, Bubsy. I, I remember the name Bubsy, but what was Bubsy? Is he a cat? He, he's a yeah, bobcat. He was, like, he was a bobcat a with bob like an, a white shirt with, an I think, like an O on it or something, or a B. Bubsy. I'm just, B I'm just Googling this. Bubsy. Yeah, it, it was... They were, the. I can't remember the name of the, the company that did it, but they were trying to make him like their new mascot. And it, there was a couple of side scroller games, and then there was a 3D one, which was like it's on the it's always on the list of like some of the worst games. It's just really bad platforming. Um, Nathan M said, "Oh well, fuck you, Nathan M." Nathan M says, "Star Wars: Force Unleashed 2. <laughs> uh, never have I been. I read s- that. I was waiting for that. Never have I been so yeah, disappointed. Yeah, I was looking forward to that coming up. <laughs> wow, uh, you're banned, Nathan. Uh, after playing the first game and absolutely loving it, I pre-ordered this game. Brought it home. Really wish I hadn't taken taken off the cellophane. Um, cellophane, man. Uh, is he Canadian or British? You know, that's Can- he's Canadian. Yeah, yeah. cellophane. Got it. Because we here in Freedomland Goss call it plastic wrap. Uh, <laughs> uh, I beat the game in a single city and returned it before the mall closed the same day. Damn. The tone of the game felt wrong. Uh, not much was new in the mechanics to keep me entertained. And finally, the story dragged into the Sarlacc pit. Never to return. There is no coming back from that. Uh, then Mike D said, Majora's Mask. It didn't fit in with the series, and the premise seemed dumb. The game didn't feel like a game. It felt like an art piece, and Nintendo was gouging its fans in order to make. Couldn't finish it, and I never will. I'd have it's to... the literally, it's the worst game he ever played. Yeah. I, 
That's actually a friend of mine, and I watched him play through Duke Nukem Forever, and he <laughs> says Majora's Mask is the worst game he ever played. <laughs> See, like, I have to agree. <laughs> it's not the worst I played, but I have to agree with him. Like, I, it just, just it, it didn't fit. So, yeah. Um, you need better friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Miles H. said, original Halo. It was a repetitive pile of crap. Sure, later games may have been good, but the first one was horrible. Hmm. I don't, hmm. Interesting. I don't know. A bit of... I, I got it hyperbole the, in these. I got it on the PC and it was a fucking blast. So, but you know, tweets their own. Uh, Graham H said, "Bloodhawk." Those commercials made it look so cool. Or oh, Bloodwake. 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 <laughs> What's Bloodwake? It was like a, a boat, boat game. It was like a twisted metal style game, but on in boats. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and there was nothing bloody about it. <laughs> there wasn't even any wakes. um and i posed this question to the 907 gamers group um and i got inundated with responses um dima m said heavy rain their accents killed me were they swedish or norwegian or something (laughs) Uh, i had a lot of fun with heavy rain but again i dig those like heavy story based titles yeah jason jason Jason. (laughs) yeah uh, that was great. Chris E said, "Alien Colonial Marines nostalgia is great, but the game is a perfect example of what a what a lie of a pre order can turn into." And then Isolation came out, and it made me forget all about that game. Yeah. Uh, Denver E said, "I actually was disappointed with Knox. For those who played it, uh, it had so much potential, but it's uh, but it sort of felt that midway the developers gave up, and what was fun and exciting slowly became super repetitive." What is Knox? N-O-X. And you know what? Like th- That was actually... Um... Oh, I've heard of that, but I... Oh, never I thought mind, you said sorry. Knack at first, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah, Knack was pretty shitty. Yeah, no, it's Knox. <laughs> and actually, a lot of people like had a, an argument um, back and forth, and uh, it was made by Westwood Studios, interestingly enough, which... Um, Are those like the Red Alert guys? Um, yeah, yeah. And actually, they made a game that I'm going to be talking about our mission objective this week, but I'm looking at the intro, and just... Yeah, there was actually a lot of uh, gamers that went back and forth, like Cameron C and a bunch of other people were arguing over it about how, like, you know, how it was good. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, uh, Weston D said the Alone in the Dark remake. Uh, I won't even say that game because how much of a piece of disgusting filth it is. No yeah, I've heard that's absolute garbage. Ever have to experience that horrible game? I'd rather get a paper cut on the webbings of my feet than than even holding the game disc resides in. I've been meaning to destroy that monstrosity, but I do not know how. And a fun fact, the writer for that game did some writing on Silent Hill Downpour. Now, don't even get me started on Homecoming or Downpour. Holy shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, awesome. I, uh, he's preaching to the choir there. <laughs> um, well, remember when I told my Silent Hill story about, I'm like, I'm like, I know these games are shitty, but it's, it's, it came out today, so I got to go buy it, and I got to pretend to love it. And then, like, uh, Downpour, Downpour had some redeeming elements like even though they got rid of uh akira yamuaka the composer daniel licht who did the he also did the soundtrack for like the dexter series and stuff he did a pretty good job and the town had still had some really creepy aspects and the the i didn't dig the open world thing because the silent hill always felt so good when it was linear really linear but uh Wait, you say that word again linear linear is anybody else hearing this or is it just me it's just you it's linear that's what i said you said linear linear no, i didn't hear that at all <laughs> Say it again. All right. Say linear and then say no, the way you normally say it. We're moving on. You're going to have a recording of it, so you can listen to it as many <laughs> times as you want. Um, but, uh, and then the, the fact that that game had like two enemies and they were all stupid. It was stupid. It was a bad game. I can't wait for the new one, though. Yeah, me too. It'll make me, me forget all about it, about it. I actually had fun with Book of Memories, which was the Vita one. 
Really? I heard that one was very redeeming. No, it was a terrible game, but I had fun. It's like a Diablo style, like you're running around random dungeons and it's uh, not like scary <coughs> or anything, but uh, it kind of had a cool story. Mm. Um, yeah, let's just shoot to the rest of these real quick. Um, Levi J said Deadly Towers for the NES, Shaq Fu for the SNES, or any Disney or Mattel TV show movie game adaptation made for a handheld. Um, what about Corey in the house? That shit was cash. <laughs> <laughs> you a straight buster. Um, <laughs> Noah B said AMC's The Walking Dead. I don't even know where to begin with that one. Oh, um, the, uh, yeah, the, what was that one the called? The Not Telltale one. Yeah. The, yeah, the Not Telltale one. Uh, Johnny R said Mario Survival Tri- Instinct. Um, oh, you cut out, what was that? So it, it was called The Walking Dead Survival Instinct. Yeah. I remember, I remember posting trailers and stuff for that because it kind of like, you know, it was, The Walking Dead is obviously so, obviously so huge and, and, uh, you know, a huge part of the comic and television world. And so I'm posting trailers for this and I'm like, how early was this footage? Like, <laughs> like they're releasing, they're, they're releasing trailers for this like game that comes out in like a month. And I'm like, I hope this is really old footage because this looks like absolute trash. And then it was. Hmm. Oh. Cool story. Anyway. Um, okay. Well then uh, let's get into the new mission objective this week. Um, Sorry. I had, I had a couple more for the mission oh, objective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Edward T said the Sims on PS2. Ryan G said alone in the dark on Game Boy Color and then switched it to Colonial Marines. <laughs> Mary C <laughs> Mary C said uh Punky Skunk on the PlayStation 1. Um Derek the man the myth the legend himself said Evergrace on PS2. Uh Lumar R said Bullet Witch. Raul A said the Sims on 3DS. Um uh, Sadie P said Amy on the PS3, which I'd never heard of until now, and I looked it up, and it looks just looking at the box art was horrendous. Um, Nicholas G said WrestleMania 21 on Xbox, which is the second one we got, and then yeah. Richard C said Bullet Witch. Bullet sorry, Witch. go ahead. I heard that. No, sorry, Bullet Bullet Witch. That's interesting. And then Jennifer H. Shane, Shane loved that game too. Which one? Oh, Bullet Witch. <laughs> yeah, Megan loved it too. I told her two people said Bullet Witch, and she kind of blew a gasket. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Uh, Jennifer H said South Park on N64. What are you talking uh, Matthew- about, Jennifer? That game was so fun. Oh, that game sucked. <laughs> what? What are you talking I hated about? That game, dude. The multiplayer liked, was a fucking it. blast. Yeah, I liked it with the whole like I don't remember what the gun was called, but it made people sing and dance on multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. This uh the alien gun, the anal probe gun. Yeah, yeah. It was so fun, so fun. So we're. Um, so we're divided on that one. Um, um, then Matthew R said Rugrats on N64, which I'm assuming is he's. I'm assuming he's talking about the scavenger Rugrats scavenger hunt, which is a Mario Party knockoff. Yeah, and funny oh, really? story. Yeah, funny story. It was the first and last game my neighbor ever rented, and he was like eight, and I tricked him into renting it because I wanted to play it but didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> Dick. And he thought it was. He thought. It was Rugrats Adventure Hunt, and then played it for five minutes and started sobbing uncontrollably because he wasted his only eight bucks. Wow, you're a dick. Hey, I got to play it. I so um, whatever. I had I had two that I forgot that I really want to get in. Uh, Danielle P said um, I didn't like Laura Croft in the Temple of Osiris. The bird's eye view really threw me off. Uh, my sight isn't that amazing to begin with, but uh, total waste of money, in my opinion. Probably should have checked into it more. And then our own Eric Francisco, which I, I can't believe we missed over it, um, said uh, WrestleMania 21 for the Xbox. The game was a mess. Online capability wasn't even functional when it was shipped. They had to have a patch a few days later. Assassin's Creed. Uh, played awful. Watch gameplay footage. Reaction times were slow. It's glitchy. Seriously unplayable. And then you, yeah, it, you told us uh, a funny story about uh, a really fucked up rope, rope uh, physics. 
Yeah, because I was really excited about the game. It was, I think, the second game developed by Studio Gigante, which is made by like Mortal Kombat alumni. And so it had a lot of hype behind it. And like Eric said, it was really slow and unresponsive. But I had this one glitch where I bounced off the rope and then the top rope got stuck to my character's wrist. And so I kept walking around the ring and stepping outside the ring and he was pulling the rope with him everywhere. And it got to the point where the rope was stretched around the whole arena because I was pulling it with me everywhere I went. That's hilarious. So, yeah, that was a real piece of crap. <laughs> and then um, and then my last three real quick are um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from John R. That's too easy, John. That's too easy. Yeah. Uh, Matthew D. said, I am bread. And Bridget E. said, Wayne Gretzky hockey for the NES. Really? Interesting. Um, hmm. Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, let's get to um, our new mission objective. Um, what is your favorite game that you think not enough people played? I think I'm going to let Juan go first. Oh, you got to give me a little bit more time than that. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I think you had two weeks. <laughs> Wasn't this your idea? <laughs> no, it was my idea, but it was up last week when we skipped it. Oh, well, then I will let you go first. Ladies first. Uh, so I got two that I, um, really loved and I feel like pretty much anyone I, I'm sure Josh has played them and probably won too actually, but, um, I feel like pretty much everyone I've talked to ever is like, I've never even heard of that. So we've got Okami. What? Uh, Okami. That's a huge cult classic. What the fuck are you talking about? Not enough people have played it. Cult classic, cult, the whole cult classic thing is that, you know, everyone that's played it loves it, but fucking nobody knows what it is. Hmm. So Okami... Every every iteration of it, you know, I first played it on the PS2, and then I picked it up on the Wii, and then I picked it up again on the PS3. So beautiful. Uh, there's not a lot to say about it that hasn't been said. It's just, it's probably one of the best, like, adventure Zelda-y type games that's not Zelda that's out there. And um, I actually never played the kind of Suedo sequel, um, but uh, I hear that's really good, too. Second to that would be Tra- the Trauma Center series. Uh, which I, I didn't ever, I never played on the 3DS, but to pick both of them up on the Wii and like had so oh much God. fun with those. <laughs> Who has a phone anymore? What the fuck is landlines? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, really you, you, now, do you really think, cause I'm pretty sure the Okami like did a really, really well. No, it did really shitty, which is why it never got a yeah. sequel. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure that's what shut down Clover Studios. Yeah, that's exact. Yeah, they shut down Clover after that game came out because it did so poorly. Oh, that and Beautiful Joe. Mm. Like every game they came out with was just critically acclaimed, but sold like crap. Yeah, mm. interesting. Oh. I would kill for. Is there any more Trauma Center games coming out? Like that sh- series is so good. That- no, there was Trauma Center two on the DS, and then there were I think two on the Wii U. I mean, yeah, there the was Wii. there was two on the Wii. But the last one is in like 2008 or 9 or something. Yeah, I think it was like They're... Trauma Center 1 and then Trauma Center 2 on the DS and then the remake of Trauma Center 1 on the Wii and then Trauma it... Center New Blood, which was yeah. its own original entry. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm looking at there was there's Trauma Center Under the Knife, Trauma Center Second Opinion, Trauma Center New Blood, Trauma Center Under yeah. the Knife 2, and Trauma Team. Oh, Trauma Team. Yeah, that one I never played, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I have it. Crap, is that you just for reminded Wii? me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh, what are, what is your choice? So I'll go with the easy answer. Cause I always talk about this and I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about it before, but, um, and then I'll go with another one that's more modern, but, um, first one that comes to mind is the misadventures of Tron Bon for the PlayStation one. Really? Um, it was, oh, yeah, yeah. it was a spinoff of Mega Man legends where you played as the villains of the 
of the original game. And it kind of told you the story of how they rose to prominence in a way before, like immediately before the first Mega Man Legends one took place. And it was a lot of fun because it was divided into a series of levels and offered like all kinds of variety. So on one of them, since you're the bad guys, you're playing with the Mega Man Legends mechanics uh, where it's like a third person shooter, but you're going around robbing houses and stealing money so you could bust your brother out of um out of jail basically <laughs> um then the other one there was like a dungeon crawling first person rpg one where you commanded your little serve bots to f- um, find treasure and fight monsters and then there was a puzzle one where you had to deliver these crates but you could only move a certain amount of squares and you had to arrange the boxes that you didn't need to be out of your way so that you could deliver the ones that were worth the money so sounds like and it had a lot of hit- yeah that's pretty much what it was like and it had a like it had a lot of other hidden areas as well and the really interesting thing about the game was you can finish it as early as you wanted because your only goal was to raise a certain amount of money so once you raise that money you could go straight to the end of the game or you could keep exploring and finding other hidden areas oh that's just and it just had a and it had just a really like quirky sense of humor really good writing and when I say they were the villains of Mega Man Legends, they were the villains in the same way that Team Rocket is the villains on the Pokemon cartoon. It's like they're completely like incompetent, but they're still they're the always, antagonist. but they're always yeah, and they're always getting in Mega Man's way. So mm. that one is really good. And then for a more recent example, I would say, and since uh, I'm the only one, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one on this podcast with the Vita now that Derek sold it. But <laughs> um, Gravity Rush on the Vita, it was the game that oh yeah, that was great. Ex- it got my attention for the Vita. I played it and loved it. I bought all the DLC, platinumed it, and then played it more after I platinumed it. And it was just, I mean, it was rough around the edges, but that's to be expected when it's a brand new concept. But for those unfamiliar, you basically controlled your character in like a somewhat of an open world. And then you can control the gravity where whatever direction your camera was pointing gravity would pull her in that direction so you could fly through the air you could fly underground uh you could run you could run along the ground for more traditional action sections yeah and with more time and there's a sequel on the way but we haven't heard anything about it in like two years but the last rumor was that it was going to be kicked off of vita and be put onto the ps4 Mm. last Mm. i heard yeah my my, um, my buddy had it and showed me it and i i was really intrigued yeah, and then to bring it back to Silent Hill, I think it was developed by the creator of Silent Hill, uh, if I remember correctly. And he just needs to stop making games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Juan, did you uh, figure one out? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, it's just I think my dog peed around me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. But um, there's one game for the Wii that went criminally unappreciated. I mean, I got rev- great reviews, and I love it. But it didn't sell as well as I wish it did, especially with the production value. Uh, Zach and Wiki. I was gonna, that's what I was gonna say. Zach and Wiki mm. and Hunt for Barbarossa's Treasure. I love that game. Uh, fucking amazing game. The puzzle elements, and there's so many times where you get stuck and it's like, there's no way I can solve it. Then when you figure it out, it seems completely, you feel so stupid like you didn't see it before. Yeah, it's such an adorable just, game too. It's, it's adorable. The animation, you could tell they put so much effort in this game. There's so much content. And it, it, it didn't get the, the sales that you would expect. I, I played this and go, how can this game 
not fly off the shelves. Like everybody should be playing this. Had this game, uh, they would have the complaint, you know, like this game doesn't belong on a Wii. It should be on the Xbox or it should be on PlayStation. But the fact this game truly used the Wiimote in creative and fun ways. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this would have, this should have been a system seller. If I could go back in time and like, if, if I worked for Nintendo, go back in time, I would have struck some kind of deal where this was a packaged game with the Wii. Yeah, because I think it, yeah it, that, that that that's a a very good point. Like it's such a great great game, and and then there's others I thought of that you know that I could go back to Nintendo or even current with Wii U. But if there's that's the one game that really stands out. That so much such a great great game, and and I'm not the only one who says this. This is just universally got great reviews, but for some reason or another, have it be timing or what have you. Um, it just didn't do so well in the market. Yeah, that's yeah, because I I got it um, off of I believe John's um, reference. Um, and he talked about it in the main the main show years ago, and I got it and loved it. So yeah, that's a good choice. Good choice. Um, mine uh, are super quick. The Syndicate remake uh, uh, that came out in 2012. Beautiful game. Uh, it's a first person shooter, so I that's that's my jam. It had a very interesting mechanic where you're kind of this like augmented, you know, like kind of very um ghost in the shell type of like secret police well not really secret police like you work for corporations through the world so corporations have their own like private military groups and they fight each other over over stuff the story was just kind of like whatever but it was it was super challenging uh it was fucking beautiful the the co-op uh was really interesting you can make your own like little like groups and clans and you can there was like a um persistent leaderboard and it was I, I loved it. I loved it. But it only sold 150,000 copies worldwide. Um, and that, I mean, it got fairly good reviews. Um, the Metacritic was uh, 69. Um, so <laughs> it's not, <laughs> so it wasn't too bad. But um, I loved every single fucking minute of it. And um, there was, um, they had a bunch of EDM artists, uh, hashtag EDM life, uh, that made remixes of the, the, um, the theme song. And they're all really, really good. So um, I, w- I guess I might have been biased because those songs showed up in the game, and it was just I don't know I really I really loved it. It was it was really really cool. Um, and then the other one, real quick, the Dune 2000 RTS on the PC that came out by Westwood Studios, who made Knox. Um, it was uh, a really fun RTS in a universe that I really enjoyed. Um, there was a interesting uh, mechanics where you know you're harvesting um, the spice to power everything. Uh, the FMVs were were fun. They weren't too overly cheesy, and um, I just had a fucking blast playing it. And it didn't. I never knew anybody that played it but me. So, yeah, kind of. Did any of you guys play uh, Syndicate or Dune Two Thousand? No, I was gonna nope. say that trend continues. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, and I thought I was a good player, and then I went online and got fucking mollywopped. I'm like, wow, I suck. That's kind of you know how it goes. So. All right, uh, uh, Geekscapist, uh, send us in the response to uh, our question of the week. What is the game that, that you loved that you think nobody else played? Um, as always, uh, I am Shane O'Hare. Uh, you can find me at Geekscape.net. You can find me on Twitter at Shane O'Hare. I am at D. Cranabelle and also on Geekscape.net. And I am at Enu Joshua, and I think I'm still on Geekscape.net. Mm, we haven't kicked you out yet. <laughs> or you haven't been scalped by Nerdist. <laughs> and I'm at the King of Mars. Yep. 
Uh, and don't uh, forget, we also have a our own Twitter uh, now, which is at uh, at Geekscape Games. At Geekscape Games, yes, that is us. Please, um, uh, please like that. Um, check out our uh, Life is Strange special episode, our bonus stage. Um, it was um, I th- we had a really good discussion. I was really happy with it. So, um, uh, but it is filled with spoilers. Filled with so spoilers. Play the game first. Yeah, play the game first. Or if you don't care and you just want to hear us talk, then go ahead. Um, uh, thank you so much for uh, listening, and we will see you guys back next week. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye.